Hello, marhaba. Thank you very much for joining us for the podcast by Shalhoub Group. Today we are super excited because we're joining you in a different setup. This is our new studio in our communications uh, team office. And we look forward to bringing you so much more content from the studio. And we hope you enjoy the content as much as you enjoy the setup that we love so much. Our topic today is about all the buzzwords, but we want to go a bit deeper beyond all this buzz to understand better the metaverse, the topic that everyone talks about. My name is Lena Al-Khatib. I'm the Group Head of Communication, and I'm very excited to have with me my colleagues, Nick Vinkier, Head of Corporate Innovation, and Andrea Fetzer, Head of Strategy at Shalhoub Group. Thank you very much. I mean, everyone was tuning in and excited about the Metaverse report when we launched it earlier. And they asked a lot of questions. And today we want to go a little bit deeper or maybe behind the scenes with the report, starting by why did we create this report? Because obviously we don't have a 10-year strategy about the Metaverse. We want to, um, you know, we thought it is important enough to have a report though and deep dive. So tell me a little more about it. Maybe we start with, who, do, who, do you, who wants to start? I'll leave it up to you. So while the idea was already <laughs> born when I joined the group, but it made perfectly sense from a timing perspective, given the experiments that we see in the industry, a lot of companies now test and learn. And also from a governmental perspective, when we see that the region wants to be like metaverse leaders, I think the report just came to the right time. But Nick, I guess you, you were the one who actually came up with the idea. Uh, yeah, uh, together with uh, with Yasmina, obviously, and with uh, the, the, the wider strategy team, let's say, um, the, the idea came um, after a couple of, of experiments that we we uh, had been doing with uh, with Christoffel. Uh, so we launched our first NFT collection in May, um, and did a, did a couple of other things, um, and we read a lot of articles about. The, other retailers and uh, luxury retailers uh, experimenting. Um, and obviously you want to understand the size of the price uh, and, and uh, before you go further all in in, uh, in any topic that, that is uh, innovation. If you look at sustainability, for example, there's there's so many um, research going on for you know pre-loved and, and buyback. So you can benchmark a little bit of what is going on. For Metaverse, Web3, Crypto, NFTs, there's hardly any data out there. And if there's anything out there, it's um, super scattered, not at all localized uh, for the region or for the luxury industry. So that's where we said, why don't we create it ourselves? Why don't we go... Um, into a consumer study, why don't we have desk research, look at what is happening in, in the luxury industry um, to understand yeah, what, what is the size of the, the size of the price, what is the current adoption rate in the, in the GCC, what is the expectation of our customer um, towards the, these new technologies um, to, to, to keep a finger on the pulse of our own customer, to inform our brand partners, um, and, uh, and also yeah, to... to uh, to show our our, uh, our our innovative DNA, obviously, which is at the core of what we do. Of course. I mean, yes, I love that. Also, you tested and tried even before the report. You still ventured, you still tested with uh, uh, Level Shoes, with Christophe, and we're going to talk a little more about those and how they're um, performing. It's it's really important. I was in um, in London a while back presenting to a couple of, uh, actually more than a couple, 10 luxury brands on a breakfast and sharing the 
GCC report, which we had published earlier this year, was very insightful. You really uh, need data about the Middle East market, and it's usually lacking. We have international data, we have some insights, but I think this is it's great that we, we can deep dive uh, into it. So tell me a little bit, you know, what is the state of the metaverse in this region? Uh, the, the state of the metaverse in the region is um, uh, pretty significant uh, already. So we expected it to be rather high. So if you look at the adoption rate of crypto, NFTs and engagement in metaverse platforms, we had an, an assumption that it would be high, seeing the demographic, which is generally young, uh, very mobile, tech savvy, uh, loves luxury, um, has spending power. Um, but we, we were very surprised to see the actual numbers um, coming out of the reports. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, dive deeper into the numbers, uh, please. Yeah, so what we found very interesting is the, uh, the level of awareness. So already 77% are aware of cryptocurrency and almost half of the respondents from our luxury survey um, know about NFTs and the metaverse. And it's even more surprising when we look beyond awareness because they also claim that they have knowledge about those new technologies. Um, so between 6 to 7 25%, depending on the Web3 technology, claim themselves to be very knowledgeable or even having a good knowledge about it. And this is something that we, we did not expect. Um, and it actually proves that the metaverse has its right to exist and probably is even like further developed than we, we expected it to be. That's amazing. And I, just to clarify a bit to our listeners and, and viewers, um, the numbers that you are sharing are from uh, a deep, deep dive with 1,600 uh, luxury consumers, right? So tell me a little bit about the sample size and uh I mean, within the team of intelligence and insights and strategy, I think uh, you do that quite frequently. So um, how did you select the sample size and, and what is the demographic or background of these consumers? Sure. So we wanted to cover the whole GCC area. So we really have the country split, for example. And um, we investigated like 16 to 45 year old people to make sure we have a good coverage. And we have the opportunity also to select it and slice it in like every dimension possible to make sure that we only have luxury shoppers. We applied two filters. So the first one was about the minimum um, household income and the second one was about the minimum spend per luxury item. So in here we defined, for example, having spent more than 1,000 um, dirham per fashion item or 200 per beauty item over the last three months to make really sure that we are very sharp on the target audience that we wanted to look into. Mm, very interesting. Um, and Nick, I know in the report there is a lot of, I mean, you demystify kind of the metaverse, what it means, what's the definition that we are referring to. Um, so tell us a little bit about it, but more so I would like to better understand what kind of, if you say jobs or things that are normal to our ways of working could also be influenced. I mean, I know you told me before, maybe communication, the way we do it, maybe not even in the studio and, and the metaverse <laughs> next time. So um, what are like nice, interesting impacts of the metaverse beyond just, let's say, the, the you know, the, the traditional things that people know about? I think a lot of people are, are still wondering, yeah, what is the metaverse? Uh, everyone keeps talking about this, but I don't really understand what is going on. Um, 
And there's no generally, uh, maybe the issue is that there is no generally accepted definition yet. Um, so that makes it kind of fluffy. Um, but every expert uh, agrees on a couple of key points. Uh, so the first one is that um, we're moving towards an, an internet that will become way more experiential and immersive than we have known it before. So if you think about the, the web, you used to go on desktop in a little room. Now it's on our mobile phones. The next wave is we will be surrounded by the internet or we are uh, stepping into uh, the, the world wide web, whether it's on the metaverse platform, uh, on our devices, or we, we wear VR or AR, or we have smart glasses and we see uh, virtual experiences around us. So that experiential layer will be on, lay, uh, laid on top of the internet. So that's the first element of the metaverse. Number two, we see a convergence between the virtual world and the physical world. And so there will be a mix and an overlap of what happens in the internet and what happens around us physically. And number three is interoperability. Uh, very uh, hard words to pronounce, <laughs> um, but it means that today in gaming uh, environments, for example, FIFA, you, uh, you, you, you can wear your football boots uh, on the PlayStation, but you cannot wear those football boots in Fortnite or in Roblox or in Minecraft. To come to a, a metaverse, uh, the experts in the industry agree that the, those football boots should actually be, be, you should be able to wear them in other games as well, as if it's in the, the real world. Because if you buy an item uh, physically, you own it, whether you want to wear them at work or when you go out in the weekend, in the morning, at night, there is no such thing as a boundary of a platform in the real life. So why would it be in virtual environments? So this is in a in a nutshell what the metaverse is is about the experiential layer of the internet the convergence between virtual and physical and interoperability between platforms and that is why blockchain technology is important because you need the blockchain to facilitate that interoperability between different platforms you cannot okay. take a virtual item from uh, Fortnite into Roblox without having some sort of technology that enables this and these are the infamous NFTs, uh, the virtual goods, the football boot in FIFA, for example, or the, the virtual sweater that you would buy in Fortnite. That is an NFT, which you can then take in different environments. And more. And uh, usually these are currently bought with cryptocurrencies. So I've now uh, used all the, the, the buzzwords uh, that I could <laughs> possibly think of. All in a few sentences. <laughs> uh, to, to, and, and I hope it, it's a little but bit more clear. But it kind clear. of puts it into place. It puts things into perspective. Okay, what blockchain, blockchain yes. and uh, interconnectability. So this is what the metaverse consists of uh, mm. today. So uh, we're absolutely not there yet. Eh? So mm. interoperability is absolutely not there yet. Uh, as mentioned, you cannot take your FIFA boots into any other gaming environment. So we will need to see where that happens. But there's uh, already uh, sparks of, of, the, of, of, of everything starting to happen with these metaverse platforms, which we highlight in the report, uh, with different use cases uh, of, of virtual goods and so on that are starting to emerge. Um, but we, we will need a couple more years mm. and advancements in technology to get there. Now to come back to the second yeah. question, maybe. But, but maybe okay. before the yeah. second question, because the, when you're talking, I'm imagining... Um, <laughs> new ways of collaborations that can take place in the metaverse, even beyond what we have today in the physical world, be it technology, be it brands, like 
Today, you have a luxury brand with a sports brand or a car brand that collaborate and consumers love that. So what kind of examples could happen in the metaverse with this interconnectability and all the worlds coming together, not just luxury fashion versus other categories? Well, we see a lot of collaborations going on and it also gives a great opportunities for smaller designers to enter the fashion scene without having the backup of the big fashion houses. So what we saw at the early beginning of the whole metaverse development was um, one young designer collaborating with Artifact and they dropped an NFT shoe collection, a sneaker one, and generated six million within a couple of seconds. So this is really impressive. Wow. You see a lot of other examples as well for for, uh, for Polo Ralph Lauren, for example. They dropped a collection together with Fortnite, um, where you could buy the the, the Ralph Lauren skins in Fortnite, but also buy Fortnite branded uh, or Fortnite inspired uh, physical clothing of mm. Ralph Lauren. Um, and uh, for example, Lacoste also uh, worked together with uh, with Minecraft. So you see these um, yeah, these partnerships and collaborations yeah. emerging. Two topics. I mean, the digital, you know, the the in person, physical and virtual is really important, I think. Uh, Maybe we can talk a bit about that uh, as well. But when you're talking, I'm seeing startups, I'm seeing as well, you know, um, independent designers or artists. So you did tap into this in the report. You had uh, a bit of reflection on the startups that are uh, in the region working on metaverse, the kind of funding they have. Can you tell us a bit more about it? So um, yeah, to answer that concretely, um, the GCC is in general an, a, a favorable environment uh, for startups. Um, if we look or if we dive deeper into the, the Web3 startup ecosystem, um, we see that the regulator is very favorable. Uh, there's there's plenty of examples of the governments in, in the Gulf that uh, support startups or that have specific uh, metaverse strategies, mm-hmm. blockchain, uh, specific uh, laws and, and crypto laws and so on. Uh, but if we uh, look at startups, um, there's, there's close to or even more than a half a billion dollars funding already invested in Web3 startups, mainly in um, crypto exchanges, uh, which is the fuel for uh, what we uh, what we then see. So the, the more and the bigger the exchange, uh, the more people can access cryptocurrencies, the more trust they have in it, uh, which enables them to buy NFTs, which they can then use in the metaverse. So the, the fertile soil, uh, that we can, uh, if we can call it like that, uh, that is the, the GCC. Is, uh, is is very welcoming for Web3 startups. And that is something that we eventually will need to reach mass adoption in this new wave of the web. Interesting. I'm sure that people with creative ideas might benefit of uh, this and try to maybe understand what are these new opportunities to, to do your own business, to uh, to employ, to incubate and, and to work on this uh, topic. Luckily in our region, as you said, and when it comes to tech and innovation, we kind of go crazy. We want to try, we want to test. It doesn't mean we believe in something that it's 100% truth, but I think that risk innovative mindset is there and the governments and universities uh, are adopting it uh, as well, right? So uh, hopefully a bit more on universities and schools so that we start young and not at my age trying to understand the metaphor. Well, it's, it's the yellow <laughs> it's the yellow mentality that we have in the region, right? Yeah. Uh, when I moved here a couple of years ago to the, to the region, it was so profound to me, the difference with 
Europe, for example, is in Europe you have objections for everything and reasons why it would not work. Here, <laughs> it's, you have an incredible yalla mentality for everything that is that is slightly crazy. It's like, okay, yeah, yalla, let's do it, and that's that's beautiful to see. You forgot yalla habibi. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, interesting to be in this uh, in this region. Okay, I think when we go back to that second part of the question, which we didn't tap into, which is how are your jobs evolving or maybe the ways of working? How can we do things now with an open mind to, to new technologies? I mean, even for me, what advice would you give communications team as well beyond your jobs? I think it's very early to, uh, to, to see or to say... Um, Definitely, how jobs will will uh, change uh, overall. Um, I think if you look at specific metaverse jobs, um, you see that an an, an, uh, an entirely new industry is is opening up. Uh, so where you before had fashion designers um, that that create uh, physical goods, today you see a massive in-stream of 3D designers. And I think that if um, there's a skill that is extremely future-proof. It is 3D design. So uh, if anyone is still doubting what the <laughs> next course should be uh, that you want to follow, it's probably 3D design um, because you can create virtual worlds, you can create virtual goods, which you can then sell. Um, I think also next to that, community building is extremely important because uh, um, with anything that we see, whether it's cryptocurrencies or NFTs or metaverse, it's it's all around community building. Um, so being even more closer to to the customer will become even more um, important. Um, and then maybe thirdly, um, which would be more general then, I think that our jobs will change in terms of um, uh, proximity to each other. If we will, if we would, for example, yeah, where two, two of three are wearing glasses now, uh, if we would be able to beam up holograms, why would we need to travel? Uh, we would still have that proximity uh, of sitting next to each other, of seeing uh, people nearby, uh, but without the need of traveling um, to specific places. Now, the commute from D3 to H01 is okay, <laughs> but if we would it be... It feels like a plane ride, though. Uh, it, 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 is, it is okay, uh, relatively. Uh, but if, if, you, yeah, if you have colleagues all across the world, um, it, it is easier uh, to, to skip that whole, um, that whole travel part um, there, obviously, it's it's great to meet in person as well. Uh, but if you can have business meetings with the feeling that you sit next to each other, obviously, our, our jobs will change in that way. I love the fact that the community is, we are going back to basics in a way, whether it's with pre-loved, with being sustainable, with clean beauty, uh, with the metaverse, back to the communities. I think after COVID, we all appreciate so much more communities and I am happy to hear that with technology and the metaverse it's this is one of the core things that it's bringing people closer and the human element in the community it's still there um, of course a lot of opportunities for education and sustainability um, on on the metaverse I, I hope it will be soon the discussions of uh, of the next global uh, entities on this one well the podcast is a short 20 minutes, but I didn't want to finish it before uh, really going back to the consumers. I mean, Andrea, tell us what are their insights that we could share about the consumers in the region, their expectations of the brands uh, beyond what you just shared with us? 
Well, there is so much content that we had in the report, but I think one of the major things is, and this links back to the whole gaming industry as well, and taps also on the point that you mentioned why the, the region here is so like important also for the development of the, of the metaverse, is that if we assume that younger people are more prone to like gaming and we see that in the KSA, for example, 67% already claim themselves as gamer. And in our report, we found that the luxury shoppers are even more into games. So here we have like 80% that use games regularly. And then if we look how gaming can actually connect with the brands and to, to incorporate the brand identity into mini games, for example, as we had the example of um, Gucci Town in Roblox. And the consumer, they really expect their favorite brands to be in the metaverse. I think that was your opening statement when you said 87% of the consumer, they want to have their brand in the metaverse. We see that even nine out of 10 want to try their or see their product first in the metaverse before they buy it. So there is a huge potential from the brand side, um, but also from the consumer side, because it gives them much more like ways and channels to interact um, with the brands. What is important as well is that what are the consumer like what they want from the metaverse. Um, and this goes back to something you mentioned earlier is that they want to use the metaverse for education, but also to socialize, to have fun in the metaverse. It's interesting to see that 80% already say they prefer specific activities such as actually coming together better in the digital world than in the real world. So there is so much potential for really collaborating and to build those communities around the metaverse. And um, one of the use cases, and we've seen that this is one of the most frequently used ones, is the combination of NFTs together with incentives. So, for example, that um, NFT holders have access to specific events or get uh, access to the, to the collections prior to everyone else. Um, and it's always linked to like this community thought, bringing people together. So I think the metaverse has so many like dimensions and so many great opportunities for along the consumer journey. What we actually like try to allocate the, the use cases on, um, it's it's endless, and we could probably fill another hour I'm sure. just I to go no through doubt. all of them. I think um, I mean everyone can read the report on our website shellhopegroup.com. They can see all the content as well from our uh, social media platform. So a lot to deep dive there. I think it's really an eye opener, not just for brands, but when you speak, I think kids and teenagers and responsible consumption of the metaverse at the same time, the mindset that it's we kind of need to allow it in a way because that is also future jobs. So it's very tricky because uh, parents are usually scared of these things. They consider them antisocial and therefore um, it's a whole thing to, to grow socially, emotionally, cognitively and consider for future um, generations as well. Thank you very, very much uh, for being with us. Nick, Andrea, it's really a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Um, thank you very much for watching or listening. Uh, you can, of course, go back to the report, send us any questions and feedback and tell us what topics you'd like to hear more of. And we're happy to also create more of that. Thank you very much. Bye bye.